0: Welcome to another episode of No More Wahala. Inshallah. And for those of us who always look like the main love interest in every teen movie, and they're probably named Brad, or Chad, or Chase, or Stacy or Jason, or Brittany, or Rebecca, and the rest of us colonized by those people, that means no more trouble, God willing.
1: This is the podcast where two bi-pop girls laugh, cry, and rant about how ethnics just can't seem to catch a break. In this episode, we will be discussing representation. The good, the bad, the ugly.
0: And for the people in the back, remember, these are our opinions and our opinions alone. And that's been said, we're hoping for no more Wahala.
1: Inshallah. you. <laughs> Hello, Trisha.
0: Any Wahala's yeah. report? Uh yes. And this is, I guess, Wahala on behalf of our listeners. We are so sorry we disappeared for five months. You know, life. It be like that sometimes. Um, I don't know whether you guys know this. You probably do because a lot of you guys are our friends, um, like personal friends, but we go to university. We're undergraduate students with lives and things that stress yeah. us out. And COVID, uh, we live in Australia. For those of you who don't know, COVID has been a thing. It's <laughs> a very big thing where lockdown has sort of kept us away from each other, which is so sad. And um, we just had a lot of work on. So, you know, you know how it is. So we're very sorry. And we are definitely going to be more consistent with our uploads.
1: Don't you agree, Aya? Yeah, we'll try and hit at least, you know, once a month, but or mm-hmm. hopefully more and have like proper seasons. Um, but we are back for today, which is very okay. exciting. Teresha, why don't you start us off? Actually, before
0: we start, I'm just going to make a brief note. We will have a better chat about this in the next episode. At what the new structure and schedule will be, just to keep an eye out for that. We don't know what it's going to be yet. So don't hold us to any promises, please. We cannot keep them right now. We please. cannot be held
1: accountable for our actions. podcast <laughs> <Basically. laughs> well, related actions, not oh. held accountable.
0: For oh, today's topic, we're talking about representation in the media, which is a nice, easy topic to ease us back in. Because, you know, us, we do like racism and then genocide, and I'm like, ooh.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean. That was that was heavy. I mean, but it's not like representation is not heavy,
0: sure so. True, that is true. Like right, we will right. still
1: talk about some because the narratives that they use still <laughs> contribute to that, which we'll get to. Yeah.
0: Uh, anyway, so representation. Um, I guess the first thing we should talk about is just why it mattered or why it matters. Period. I know for me personally, why I care so much about representation, and I will talk about this a bit more later on, probably. But I am in a complicated space where as a black woman, particularly a Nigerian woman, I weirdly cover a lot of demographics, but a lot of the representation I see doesn't actually cover all the weirdness of my identity because I do identify as black. I don't identify as um, African-American. I identify as African, particularly Nigerian, and that just gets a bit complicated. And quite often in the media, they either lump us all together as just African-American, which is not true. We're actually very, 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 very different. Um, as you know, the, the all the varieties of Black people you can possibly get. But then on top of that, it, especially in Australia when I was growing up, there really wasn't any imagery of Black people, period. And that was 2006 to about 2000 and maybe 17. I was able to get foundation in my shade for the first time in 2016 because I remember somebody got me some darkening shades for my 17th birthday. Um, So that was sort of the time period that I'm talking about where it was, you you just didn't exist as a Black person in like media and stores and anything. Ads just did not show you as a person, which was quite crazy because there was actually significant Black populations in um, Australia at the time. And particularly growing up in a very sort of rich, white, private school, you know how that is. Real fun.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> we I mean, rich. I don't know rich. how it is, but I've <laughs> taken my assumptions from you.
0: <laughs> it, it, it was just one of those spaces where it's like, um, and this is not to say that people are inherently bad, but sometimes when you have that much money and that much privilege and you're just that white, you and you live in a society that is, or a community rather, not a society, you live in a community that is very insular, you don't really see other people outside of that, you get a very small worldview. People were able to travel to Europe every holiday to go skiing. Mm. They had a very tiny worldview.
1: The <laughs> irony, irony of that.
0: I know, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, a really, really small worldview. And that really affected me because I didn't have any representation in school. So nobody looked like me in school. And then when I would go home and watch TV, nobody looked like me on TV. Um, so I didn't really have anybody to look at. I mean, ads even. I couldn't go to the pharmacy and see a makeup ad, like a Rimmel or L'Oreal Paris or whatever. There was no black people on any of those ads. I would go to the pharmacy and it was so embarrassing because I'd have to go and ask them because I couldn't tell if the, the makeup would work on black skin because there was no photos. Mm. I'd have to go like, hey, does this work? And they're like, yeah, obviously it works. I'm like, but, you know, does it work though? Like work, work, work.
1: Do you understand skin? the meaning?
0: <laughs> yeah, and like, oh, 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 I don't know. <laughs> you know? Because um, again, they also didn't see it. They didn't have any... Imagery of what that sort of stuff would look like on people like me, which mm-hmm. is just really horrible um, And that really was not a good thing to have when you're going through your weird 13 year old to 17 year old period where You just want to be liked and loved and be cool and pretty and that like really led to a lot of body issues for me because Okay, you know what? I'm gonna say now. I have a banging bod, you know, I have a great body. I'm very proud of myself Yes, tell. yes, click fingers. Um, <laughs> yes, but I didn't know, know that back then and i'll give you some context because I grew up in, uh, my year group had, what, two or three models now? that like the international level models? Year group above me had another two or three. Year group above that had like two or three as well. One of them models for Vogue. One oh was God. the face of in Australia. What is I'm this? Like, yeah, so I'm, tra- I'm talking like skinny white girls. Like skinny white girls. And that was the, what everyone wanted to be. People were like literally, I'm going to just say trigger warning eating disorders just right now. But if you don't want to listen to that, maybe skip a little bit ahead. But eating disorders were rampant and it was like a good thing to have eating disorders Like I would, would regularly be on like prothinspo.com to look for ways to be thin because I nobody else had hips like mine nobody else had curves like mine and it was just like really weird And either I'd get fetishized as like an adult like 13 mm. or um boys my age would just not want to be around because I wasn't like you know Naomi Campbell skinny even though Naomi Campbell's black but nobody I don't know Oh, you know how it is. Mm. So that really messed my messed me up. Then I went to America. Well, then I went to Nigeria and all of a sudden I was like the hottest thing on the market. And I was like, what the hell? Like, this is so confusing. Mm. I don't know what's happening here. Um, but yeah, like that really messed with me. And then I just kind of got over it, but that's not, it's not that simple. I, I got over it in terms of like other coping mechanisms for a long time. I was like, I'm not meant to be pretty. I'm just meant to be smart. And that's not the healthiest mm. way to view that either. Yeah. But it was just enough to put it out of my mind for enough time to deal with it on my own terms. I should probably get therapy. That's all I'm saying. If you guys want to open a GoFundMe for my therapy, <laughs> feel free. <laughs> but I should probably get therapy. I'm back.
1: I mean, but, yeah, but I mean, your experiences show, like, the ramifications of the lack of re- representation and, like, mm. why it's also so important.
0: You just don't feel seen, you know? You feel mm. invisible, you genuinely feel invisible. So then what you do, particularly at that age, is you try to make yourself like something else so you feel visible again. And if especially when that thing is nothing like you, that can obviously have a significant problems. So I was never gonna be the skinny of those people. I genuinely just don't have that body type, mm. you know? But yeah. I Aya, you, you tell me your story. I feel like I, I dropped the mood. You tell
1: me <laughs> your story. <laughs> like now it's confession time. <laughs> I feel um, like um, for me, I just never expected to see myself in Western media, like at all. I was like, yeah, like I grew up watching a lot of uh, Arab soap operas. Like if you are Arab, you will know we have all the soap operas and they're so good. And so that was really great to like, um, see just like Adams existing and then by extension as well, like Muslims as well. And, you know, it's soap opera. So there's so much drama. It's, it's wild times, um, but it's a lot of fun and they, there's not, because it's like, they're all, um, you know, the, the story isn't about, oh my God, they're an Arab or they're Muslim, etc. You know, you have none of that sort of like in the West, how can they live narratives that we often get? Um, It's just them existing. But at the same time, because I'm obviously in the diaspora, like I'm not, we back in the Middle East. So like, obviously it's like a different, um, I, their lives are not mine. I can sort of relate with them in like the culture aspect in terms of like my parents and stuff. And like, it's really cool to see just like Arabs living. And I feel like it created like positive images of my, in my head of what like Arab people looked like or like how they were. Like I think there's, you know, there's like, we'll talk about this later, but you know, the oppressed hijabi or the oppressed Arab woman we all know this, um, but like in my head, I was like, "Have you seen any TV show? Are women are so loud? They have gold from their wrist to their elbow. They are fantastic and hilarious and smart." I'm like, "You clearly have not seen any television," um, because so like in my head, I just never had that um, image of what like in comparison to the fact that obviously <laughs> being grow- growing up in a post nine eleven world. But we, the media, not the fictional media, news media, was obsessed with us, and so Mm. all we were was negative all the time. Like and got to this point, it's like you come, you like because you're so negative portrayal all the time. You're like, can I just like just be non-existent? Like, can we just not Uh, exist in the media at all in the news media? And so for me, I was like, for sure, like I just never expected to see myself in the West because I was like, there's no way that we have all this negative portrayal in news media, news media, how on earth am I ever going to see positive betrayal in Western media? So I just, like, didn't care. I was like, I don't care because I'm watching these other TV shows. And so, like, the impact on me, like, later, I guess, like, now when I've had some, actually watched some good representation, I've realized, like, oh, my God, like, sort of that emotional aspect of, like, what it means to be seen, like, properly. But for me, I think I, as I grew up, I was just really concerned with um what are these narratives Tell us and like, what do they allow for? And the biggest thing, you know, we said we were like not going to go to death and genocide, but that's a <laughs> lie because representation is part and the narratives they put in both. I mean, we'll leave news media for away, but in Western movies and Western TV shows, if we are all just terrorists or um, oppressed, it allows for us the narratives that allow us uh, the West to into <laughs> have their interventions in the Middle East. You know, the war on terror it allows for that to fuel um, the essentially propaganda. Um, but for me, I'm just like the narratives that they they sort of cover around their war, their drone attacks, their invasions, et cetera, that allow mm-hmm. us to be killed, essentially. So for me, yeah. I think for ages, I sort of put away the emotional aspect of it. And even now I'm kind of like, I still kind of put away the emotion because I'm like, this is real people's lives that we're talking about because it has ramifications on them. Like I'm more concerned with like, what does this mean for like Lot that for people at large and the structural implications rather than just on me as an individual because of the real impacts it does have and the narratives that it creates um I'm so
0: you like honestly I can see you <laughs> in diapers being like mother what are the ethical ramifications of breastfeeding currently really think about it really what are women who can't breastfeed how do you th- how do they feel
1: <laughs> oh, my parents
0: were teasing me the other day about this too about how um my dad had a meeting and he was telling someone to be really quick with their point or whatever mm-hmm. and he, my mom was joking afterwards with him apparently they were they told I don't know why they were telling me how they were teasing me behind my back but they were saying how like if it was me they would said that too I'd be like actually that infringes upon my rights to have free speech so let me tell you how racism is manifesting this for you
1: yes <laughs> oh, your point is so, so valid,
0: valid. <laughs> you know we had a conversation at this kind of with your um, essay thing that we were working on, your um, assignment, where I was talking about objects of color versus people of color. Mm-hmm. And that's like, exactly what you're talking about. We stop being people of color and we start becoming objects of color. And it becomes very easy to have this like clip art image of like, you know, the African with the holes in his shirts and the no shoes. Mm-hmm. sort So of the hijabi woman who is quiet and demure and wishing to be liberated by some strong white dude who knows about Christianity or secularism. Oh, and the a white man literally you know I mean? and like this is like exactly. a clip art it's very easy to just pick up a trope whereas like people have you know why people can be so complex even actually to be fair to be honest with you sometimes is why people characters be flat as shit I don't, I don't know. know
1: but there are multiple there are we have so yeah. much news media of them I mean not news media we have so much fictional media of them that like it doesn't matter um if some some movies are terrible and that should it should be allowed to exist some characters are awful and they're villains but like there are also characters that are amazing and heroic and et cetera, or just so nuanced human beings. And I think it's an interesting thing because you kind of get to this point where you're like, I don't care to be seen as like almost like a person of color. I just don't want to be like a bad like a like a really like that toxic object. Like at least just have me be non-existent. Or yeah, honestly, like if it's yeah, like a, then you a, get a the- yeah, it kind of comes down to the point of like, I'd rather have no rep if I'm just gonna get bad rep. I think that's yeah. really what I'm trying to say. Is yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, look. It's touching on what we were talking about earlier when we were writing the script for this. Oh, there is a script. You wouldn't even know it, the way we mess everything up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of is a script. Anyway, um, we're talking about Hollywood and how basically they're the, the, the superpower of media Asian. right now. Um, And this made me think of <laughs> a little while ago, back when I was in Perth with my boyfriend, we invited another couple out to go watch a movie because it was one of my friends. They just got a new girlfriend. And we're like, oh, let's go to nowhere. She seems really nice. And
1: anyway, he mm-hmm. we went out
0: to a movie. But this guy... He'll, if you listen to the podcast, you know, who I'm, you know I'm talking about you. you know, I'm talking about you. Um, we went to go see a movie, and it was, like, one of those, like, Oscar-winner movies. And I was like, yeah, I really wanted to impress him. <laughs> it was so boring. Oh, my God. It was so long. It, it was the white lady in the van about, like, the van life and just sort of followed her around
1: America. I stuff. do not care for those films. I'm like- it was
0: just, like... It was a really beautiful film, like visually, but it was just a lot of just like, am I watching a movie or am I just following someone (laughs) on their life for two hours? And I guess that's kind of like what you're talking about with this nuance of character, Mm. where I was meant to show this like inner struggle that she had to find who she was. I've I've never, when I think about it, I've never seen a movie like that about like a person of color, just like following them for 45 minutes. Or, you know, like literally
1: nothing else, else is happening. Yeah, there is
0: no <laughs> plot line. There's nothing driving this conversation. It's
1: just their existence. No, I mean, mm. you could never. Like Hollywood would be like, no, we cannot. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this, this
0: goes in the international category. <laughs>
1: mm, my God, yeah. <laughs> the... The picturesque, exactly. I mean, but that's that's the thing. Like, Hollywood is so massive, and like, people always like, oh, but like, you don't expect like other people of color or like different races in like Bollywood or like Nollywood or etc. And it's like, for me, I'm like, even the name is based on Hollywood. Like, does that not denote the fact that Hollywood is massive? It has massive implications, and also the West has many people of color. <laughs> like, you cannot deny it's the fact. It's diverse as hell. Like, exactly. you can't be
0: like, oh, Nigeria with like your zero point zero point one percent white population. Where's the Where's Where the
1: representation?
0: The what about Australia with the entire indigenous population? What about America with the 13.1% of black people? Where's the representation there? Damn.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Which is why it is so important. Like I think, and it really frustrates me when people um say like, oh, like I wouldn't expect to see X, Y, Z in this. And it's like Hollywood's reach in general, but then also like tangentially, like, I mean, related to that is just the West's reach in general and the fact that they have the power in the world. Those things are really important. The narratives that they produce are really important. They have those larger ramifications, both on individuals and very much in my case, like wider. And what that means for the way the West conducts themselves in this global world.
0: I'll do one more thing, which actually links to what we're about to talk about next before we take a quick, quick little break. Uh, We'll be a break for you guys now. You know, magic. Antonio knows what he's doing. I produce Antonio knows what's up. Um, So basically, I was going to say this was, and this links to good representation slash bad representation. There was a movie that came out um, by a Nigerian female producer, uh, director, producer, whatever. Um, It was apparently really good, very wonderful representation of Nigeria. I haven't actually seen it myself yet. But it was the reason why I heard about it was because the the Oscars, Hollywood's, you know, um, premiere achievement situation was like, nah, sorry, we can't include this in the Oscars. And everyone's like, "Why?" They're like, "Yeah, because you can't put it in the English section." And then everyone's like, "Well, we only speak English here. <laughs> you guys colonized us. You took away our languages, Literally. and now we're speaking your language. And now you're telling us that we can't speak it anymore." And wow. this thing because they were like, "Oh yeah, no, Nigeria doesn't speak English." I'm like, "Yes, we do. That is our national language is English. Because Please put you. it in."
1: And they said, "I don't know." That is so, that is just something you just have situations And like the irony is so like, ooh (laughs) Even when we make
0: the good representation They're like,
1: ooh, I don't know about that though (laughs) Put that aside (laughs) Oh God, that is so, so bad So we've just talked about why rep is important for us and also the larger ramifications because the West holds all the power and Hollywood is massive. So let's go with what is some good rep? However rare that is, there are some hints here and there. So, uh, Teresha, take it away. So what
0: I've decided to talk about for my example of good rep is also an example of bad rep, and I'll get to why that is in a second. Duality. uh, Yeah, exactly. We love to see it. Black people will know exactly what I mean the moment I say what I'm going to say, but slave movies and like war movies, war crime movies slash like po- poverty movies, if that makes any sense. So particularly in like the African context, uh, sometimes in just like the general third worldy vibe context, but mostly in the African context, there are, oh, also in the African American context, I may not be discriminatory to my African American brothers and sisters, mm. Um we, there are so many movies like when you look up african-american movies or black movies or african movies the first things that always come up are like 12 years a slave or some sort of roots another slave movie get out about slavery it's all about slavery slave slave slave. antebellum slavery it's always about slavery and mm-hmm. it's just a bit like it's good and bad. And with the mm-hmm. African contest, you get a lot of movies about like genocide and war and child soldiers and everyone's poor and dying. And you know, we need help. The one white lady is to come to teach us Shakespeare and change our lives. <laughs> that sort of vibe. And while those are not the best representations, because it does perpetuate, it does perpetuate a narrative of um weakness, victimization, all sort of stuff. It is actually how a lot of white people learn about these issues. So I guess in the, at the expense of us most of the time, those are good representations of the bad things that happened. Um, particularly, like the slave movies are sometimes a bit visceral. I can't watch mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff anymore. I watched Lovecraft Country last year, and that was a wonderful show—horror sort of sci-fi. But this, I, I could, I could deal with the monsters. I could deal with all of that. But when it came to the race stuff, I, I wanted to like genuinely throw up. And the two people I was watching with my boyfriend and his friend, who were both white, they learned a lot. And They're like, "Why well, I didn't even know that!" But I was like, "I can't watch this with you. Like, this mm-hmm. is genuinely making me incredibly uncomfortable. I, I'm going to leave the room." Um, but they sat there and watched it, not because, like, because they don't have that, they don't have that proximity that I had to the situation. So for me, good representation because it taught them something, but also not good representation because it's the kind of the only stuff we see. I wish there was more nuanced and varied representation, that would be the best representation. But those movies are actually pretty good in showing what happened and why what happened is bad and why people are still talking about and why it's still an issue, why we need to be a bit more careful how we speak and why racism is still a problem and what racism has done in the past and why we shouldn't pretend that it doesn't exist anymore because it's gonna come back and bass in the butt.
1: No, I mean it's Mm -hmm. it's such a fine line, like between um obviously portraying what happened for people to learn right and for obviously for history not to be forgotten as well but then also making it seem like that is the only thing whatsoever and actually like this <laughs> this is a point I've made before to other people but it may sound bizarre to our listeners but this is why Dairy Girls is amazing so yeah. Dairy Girls if you've watched it it's a hilarious show it's in the 90s in the Island. I cannot say Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Yeah, I'm always don't know which one it is. It's so bad. But in Northern Ireland, so obviously you have like a lot of conflict going on, and the show. (laughs) That's an understatement. That's an understatement. understatement. (laughs) (laughs) There is a lot going on. Is the understatement? They were very happy with each other. Let's just say that. (laughs) That was all. They invite each other to tea. (laughs) That's it. No, there's there's a lot obviously going on, and um. Yeah, absolutely not to trivialize that at all, and that's why I think the show is so fantastic because fundamentally it's about these the group of teenagers, them living their lives, but them living their lives alongside this conflict. You know, they get into like a bunch of hilariousness. If you've seen the show, it's fantastic, but it's like it it's like it's part of their lives. It doesn't dominate it. It's not like, but it also doesn't dismiss it. It's not like, oh, they're all happy and this happened. No, like it is, it's not like these two binaries of like everything is amazing, even though they're in like these situations or everything is terrible. It's both. It's just, for me, it's a complex portrayal of essentially, I would say they're civilians of conflict. I don't know if people, not necessarily the word war, but they are civilians of conflict. And so it shapes their lives. It shapes who they are. It shapes, and sometimes it's also just an annoyance. Like they're trying to get to school and uh, someone has to do a bomb check, right? and they're like, oh, you know, they have to divert their bus because there has been a bomb that has gone off. And for me, like when I watched Dairy Girls, I didn't expect to get so emotional, but I was like, I wish like every conflict could have this. Cause I think of my own family that's in Iraq and how, they live their lives they go to school they finish they you know they get their degrees they have friends and family and people love they that die and they have like they live full lives it feels so basic to say it it's like it's just real human lives but it's so it's something that we never see like this complexity of betrayal of like both this external thing that is happening to them happening around them but then also them as themselves it's not like this uh, they're neither this or that and i feel like slave movies and war movies kind of fall into that sense of like it's always just like just that like you mm. never get more to it and that's why yeah i mean i'm the same thing like i hate watching war movies i just i'm like why would i spend my time why would i spend my time watching that and i guess for mm. white people it's like learning and i'm like okay fine like i'm glad that you don't have the sort of i guess like um especially like recent wars um if you will a, a sort of historical memory and that sort of thing obviously not counting World War One and World War II. I personally also don't like watching those movies as well, just because of the way they often romanticize um, war and soldiers and that sort of thing. But yeah, I feel like we just... Oh, speaking of together. that. Yes.
0: I'm sorry, this actually is, is linked to that as well, because this is another reason why I don't like those movies as well. Hmm. So Peaky Blinders. My Guilty Pleasure, one of my favorite shows. It's actually so good. (laughs) They do a wonderfully nuanced (laughs) perception of like war and the impacts of war and crime and, you know, 1919 Britain. Mm, mm. Tell me why they had to bring in racism. Like, why? spoiler but why because okay so his best friend in the war was a black guy who's i think caribbean or something who's a priest um mm. the guy somehow has a son in one of the seasons we don't know he's mm. just, he just like oh here's my teenage son he's been here this whole time and then Tommy's like yeah you know your family we're gonna join we're gonna like bring him into the gang and there's like a bit of a racist thing that happens but tommy's family like protects him really cute but then Ada, spoilers. This is big, big spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Ada gets pregnant by a black man and all of a sudden Tommy's like, disgusting.
1: <laughs> like, what the <laughs> <What> hell? <laughs> that accent was on point. The way I have to watch use subtitles, I mean, I use subtitles in general, but the way I need subtitles when oh watching God. that show. <laughs> Ada, you're going to have to tell Tommy, Ada? <laughs> yeah. <loving> yeah. <laughs> oh, it is a bit out of it, it is out of place of the show like the show is fantastic and it, yeah like you get a lot of portrayal of um everything you know like the impacts of world war 1 on them and i think for once it's like the only show that i actually do like to watch about the world wars because it does not romanticize at all and mm. you, but then yeah it's kind of like why did they bring that in just really randomly yeah <laughs> really really randomly yeah uh. Um, but you know what's so funny is that like we're supposed to be talking about quote unquote good rep and not, like, bad rep though. This, this is what we said, the nuance, but also the fact that like it's it's really hard to just find like something that's like wholly good, um, yeah. because like
0: oh, yeah. I have an example before you get into your example. I'll yes, Masters of None is perhaps the, one of the only shows I didn't like it. I don't like Aziz Ansari in like acting. I have
1: not seen it. I don't know what it is. So go ahead.
0: He's very annoying. Like Tom Harford from Parks and Rec for like 200 is him naturally, Mm. which is just really frustrating. But one thing they did really well was just the the diversity of the cast Mm. was not a focal point of the show. Mm. It just felt so normal. Like sure, there was a couple, it was an episode about a black lesbian and how she was like going through that with her family. But it wasn't like, her blackness was not the point. And there was like another guy who was Korean and talking about like how, like, Talking with his dad and stuff about, like, what he expected him to be. But the focal point wasn't the fact that they were Korean. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, like, growing up. Yeah. With, like, family and expectations. And I really appreciated that show because of just the very... the, the, The normality... Of the Mm, diversity. mm, mm. And that, so it it did the opposite of what those slave movies did in that it it added so much nuance and complexity to people's lives. Like people would like, people wouldn't hide their race. It wasn't like they were pretending they were raceless, Mm, but mm. they weren't focusing on their race. Like the black woman would make jokes about being black every so often she would use black specific terms, but it wasn't the point of the show was not to be like, oh, she black and dealing with racism.
1: Yeah, Yeah. yes. No, absolutely. Because I think there's a difference between like colorblind Shows or colorblind casting And casual representation Or normalized mm. representation I think casual representation I prefer that word um, Because it's just so like Yeah, like these people exist And I've, I've read a couple of um, books and stuff That have fantastic I'll shout out to Marie Lu She wrote Warcross, it's a duology And the fantastic casual representation I won't go into the de- Into the um, super details but like you'll just have like one of the characters like she's like a side it's like a like not even a side character just like a throwaway or like oh like she has like a scarf and I'm like is she a hijabi is this a hijab and like (laughs) the characters like just and that's just one aspect but like the main characters the side characters are all just like different representation and it's just casualized because it's very much like it's like sort of set in the near future so it's not about that at all and it's so fantastic um so yeah absolutely casual representation is so good. And um I will say my example that I recently finished in lockdown because we went into lockdown uh quite recently. Yay to Australia. Um but my um example of fantastic representation is Love from A to Z. It is a YA novel so fantastic and I'm gonna give some spoilers <laughs> because it is so so good. So you first start off the book um you you know it feels like like, a, like just like a rom-com sort of thing. Like it's a love story between two Muslims and it's super cu- cu- cute to see um, like a halal relationship, if you will. If you're Muslim, you know what I mean. And it's just really great to see it. And so I was sort of expecting, like there's a bit of depth to it because like he's dealing with... Um, a MS because his and his mom also passed away of MS like about 10 years earlier so there is sort of that depth to it but it very much remains like a rom-com vibe and so it's really, it really was just so fantastic to see like there were some points I was like oh my god like I remember talking to a friend about this we were like reading this felt almost exposing because it's so weak. because like because we're basically invisible or we're like completely negative portrayal just to read like I hate to use the word but to read like a normal Muslim girl who's just like, she's practicing. um, She And then she's just having this crush. And I'm like, oh my God, like, this is so weird. This is like me. But I'm like, and that's what makes it kind of like, oh my God, this is me. And I think it was the first time that I realized like, that in the importance of seeing yourself in the emotional sense rather than just like the structural sense and like I'm literally 20 and it took me that long I was like now I get it because like oh my god insane to see it but it was not even that it was like so that was amazing that was like one aspect and I was like I'm already gonna love this book if it was just that but then as the book went on our main character Zainab I mean this Zainab and Adam they are the main characters so Zainab her we know um off screen, like off page, like her grandma has passed away the year before in Pakistan, cause she's Pakistani. Well mixed actually, she's Pakistani. And then her mom is West Indian, I believe. And then, um, but basically so her, so her, the grandma of her, on her mom, on her dad's side, we know that she was killed uh, seemingly in a car accident. In the novel, we find out that she was actually killed from a drone attack. And I have had similar experience of this in, in my own family when I was 13 years old. And I net like literally I when I read this I was like I I never ever thought that something like this would ever exist in like something like in any sort of media particularly like I mean more particularly in the west because this is an experience I feel like that is relevant to people of color who live in the west but also I would say like you know your first second generation depending you really the main thing is like you need to have links to an, an, an external country and like I just never thought that this would, like genuinely, I never thought this would ever be portrayed in a novel. And like the emotions that she went through, the, you know, obviously the grief, but also the anger at the complicity of, it's America, right? America was the one that had the war on terror that led to that drone attack and many other drone attacks across Afghanistan, Pakistan and Iraq, et cetera. And the way the fact that she is also American. So you have like that guilt of your own privilege, the anger at the ignorance of people around you. It was like everything I felt throughout my teenage years, everything that really made me who I am. And then Zainab went to go and she went on to study political science and then later is going to study law. And I was like, oh my God. It's me And like I was like Why am I so I I was I mean obviously Why am I so emotional Obviously there's a reason Why I'm so emotional But like I was like Like anytime Like later onwards Anytime her grandma Would be mentioned I was like I'm gonna cry now (laughs) Like And it was just There was so much of it And like The way in which They were like The casual representation Of them being Um Muslim but I mean the casual representation in the sense that they were they were Muslim in all the ways and obviously there are different narratives um, I mean different ways to be Muslim there is no one way of course but I think what was so fantastic with this is that for so often we we have this dominant portrayal of like Muslims who don't want to be Muslims and like that just like allows this narrative of like oh we, that's why we can go and problem and that sort of things cuz like we just would kind of rescue them liberate them etc so to have them be muslim in all the ways whether it be like you know praying um reading the quran or having um dua and like just like the you know they're marking their time by like going doing prayer but then also like the deeper meaning of like the fact that when she's going through all of this emotions with like everything with her grandma and her aunt is like allah put the anger and injustice in your heart for a reason i was like <laughs> The emotions Mm. I feel—I literally could talk about this book for ages—and it was just so fantastic in multiple ways. I think for me, like, I was like, never again am I going to think that like representation cannot be, um, can like this cannot exist because I mean, obviously the the author herself was Muslim, and um, but like this can exist, like, and this is proof, like, this is proof of. I feel like the big thing was it was such a full story. It was a rom-com. It was fundamentally about two people falling in love. It was very cute, but it was also so much depth to it. And I think from that, I was like, now I understand both, you know, the, the, the I mean, I just purely understand the emotional aspect of why like representation is so important, aside from the very, very important aspect of the structural implications of uh bad representation. Because the emotional of like seeing I, it's just exposing something. My, I remember talking With a friend We were both like Is this what white people Feel really like all the time They watch a movie that? And that, is that why They're so emotional About like art They're like Groundbreaking Amazing And I'm here like It was it was good And I remember Talking to a friend And she's like she's like, "One The way I relate To characters Is like This character His favorite color Is blue Yay So is mine <laughs> And like White people are like I was hit hard And we, we just We just don't feel it
0: I mean that's like Every white millennial Harry Potter Where I was like <laughs> where are the black people at though <laughs> is there a school in Africa like nobody talks about this and everyone's like no Harry Potter spoke to me on all the levels I'm like okay girl. cool girl you do you
1: yeah <laughs> it's good for yeah. you it's
0: good for you yeah. I don't really care mm.
1: because uh. it doesn't I feel like for so long you kind of have to like quote unquote like if you relate to a character you just sort of relate to them in like a they're just like the, like a, like a, like oh they're kind of I aspire to be kind, the <laughs> courageous type thing. I actually think it's why, like, growing up, some of my, like, favorite characters and characters I still love today were actually, like, from classics. So, like, I love Anne Shirley from mm-hmm. Anne of Green Gables because it's, like, well, obviously she's, like, in the late 1800s. I'm not going to relate to her on the day-to-day. It was just, it's so much <laughs> nah, easier. You live to- in the
0: 800s, <laughs> life, you know, just I'm, I'm core. In it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, obviously it's not going to be like that, Um but I can still, like, but, like, so I can sort of, like, I can just kind of throw that immediately away, whereas, like, if I were to read contemporary novels, you kind of expect, you you know, it's like they're still in that modern era, but, like, there's it's their life and who they are different to, to you and stuff. But,
0: um, I was going to just say, because you talked about, like, being seen before you move to your next example, we haven't actually touched on social media, and that's a whole thing in itself. But mm-hmm. for me, TikTok, when I first got it, not the second time, because the second time has been garbage. Mm. But the first time I got TikTok, the way I felt seen in like the second generation immigrant African children, oh my God! It was just, it was so good. Like seeing people switch accents, see, it mm. was just so wonderful to see that. And I was like, damn, like these people are actually showing, like they're sharing their um experiences, mm. the mm. same ones I've had. And we are out here. We do exist. It's just really hard to find us because, like, I guess our our um, narrative isn't profitable so when you, you give us a free platform we'll yep. do it <laughs> we'll do
1: it yeah, yeah no absolutely I think like social media and just like the wave of like I mean obviously TikTok but as well like memes in general about like sometimes you're just get, like the broader ethnic parents or ethnic families but then when you get like niche like I saw this meme and it's like how do I explain to people that I call my dad Baba and he also calls me Baba and I was like <laughs> how do I explain this to people <laughs> Like if you're Adam, you know what I'm saying. We call our parents, you know, mom's mama and they call us mama and it doesn't make sense in English, but it works. And it's both an endearing Um, thing, but also I have definitely been yelled at and also been called baba and mama. So I don't know how to explain it. (laughs) And it's just uh, gold to see it. For me, it's like
0: all the African parents sort of things, like how African parents behave and just how it becomes so... I don't know, it's not even incongruous. It's just so funny watching it translate to our world, which is like half African, half not African. Like there's so many people who do like memes about their parents, like there was one where the guy was like, oh yeah, I'm ready to go, mom, and he's like wearing a hoodie. And she's like, talk it in, Be a fine boy and talk it you. He's like, It's a hoodie, you're not meant to talk in a hoodie. Tuck it to you now. <laughs> so he has to go with like a tucked in hoodie. And then just made me remember all the time that mom would make me wear clothes the wrong way because apparently mm. like, it was more appropriate. Like that's how it's meant to be worn. <laughs> I, I, I was, what was I, 20, 2019, when I bought my first pair of ripped jeans, because my parents were like, why would you pay to look poor? Mm,
1: yes. Only poor people
0: <laughs> wear ripped clothes. What is this? They're making you pay, more. I will sew it back up. Do not buy I'll sew it.
1: <laughs> yes, no, that, I mean, actually, I feel that too. You... <laughs> my mom was like, what is the point of this? Yes. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, absolutely. We, will definitely, we could definitely talk a lot about um, the new wave of like kind of like mm. user-generated content. and how We'll do an we, episode
0: on social media or some point.
1: We should, yes. We should. Because like, I mean, there's so much to it. And like, it also really shows the fact that like that sort of creativity is out there. Hello. Yeah. Um, but one um, example that I wanted to say for this sort of good one is We Are Lady Parts, which is a fantastic TV show. It's a British show because British shows actually tend to be better when it comes to rep. Please watch it I Want A Season 2 It's fantastic And it's basically About an all-Muslim Punk band Punk rock band If you will And it's just so good And it kind of links To what I was saying earlier Which is that like there is a, like we often we are always seeing this one um, narrative of um, what it means to be Muslim, and often that narrative is the Hollywood loves Muslims who aren't Muslims, and like and the thing is there is nuance in that in, in itself, which is really frustrating because like there are people who who are cultural Muslims or who don't practice in different ways, etc. And I, for me, I'm not here to be like, oh, it's this and that. I'm not here to be some like, do I look like Allah? No, okay. So I'm not here to say what is correct or what is not. But what Ooh, it is, let is me that, just
0: interrupt you, just yeah, for a way ahead. for people to connect. It's the same way people act, say they're Christian and act in different ways. But you have yeah. different types of Christians. Sometimes people don't be getting that. They don't. They don't. Until you devil. That's the reason why I interrupted you. But people yeah. who don't understand what I mean, think about how people are different Christians. And Some people might have different Christmas. They might mm. go to, you know, mass at Christmas. people I mean, might mm. not go to mass at Christmas. They might not drink alcohol. Some people might drink alcohol. It just
1: yeah. depends on the people and how they, but they're all Christian. I know, not monolithic. Muslims not being monolithic. Who, who could Why? ever have thought? Exactly. And so what I thought was so good about We Are Lady Parts is that it has the whole cast of characters as Muslims and you get this range. You get people who I'm watching them and they don't practice the way I practice and that's so fine. And But we have different people who practice the way I practice and you have this like, just like so fantastic, just cast of characters who are all Muslim in different ways. And I think fundamentally, because we are just given this one narrative, I think often it's really easy to be like, I want the complete opposite narrative. Like I want someone who, who is like complete, quote unquote, perfect Muslim. And there's no such thing as that, but completely practicing, etc. you know, specifically how you would like it. But that's just not the reality. And so I think when we have We Are Lady Pass, where everyone was Muslim, is Muslim, we have this range of narratives. We have a range of people who can, relate to them who can understand and also as well as you say like people who actually understand oh yeah like not almost all not all Muslims are the same which is like <laughs> oh my god it's so amazing and I'm here like it's so basic it's so basic but it's it such is. a fantastic show it's hilarious and I would I absolutely
0: it. loved it too like the black Muslim lady mm. and the fact that her she had a relationship that was normal and the guy mm. wasn't some sort of weird you know horrible dude yeah he was just also a normal person and the stuff they argued about wasn't like are you gonna bring money for my baby who's dying? It was none of that sort of garbage. It was like him trying to like not be like trying to be the best sort of feminist dad that he could be, but then like messing up every so often. And it was just yeah. very very funny. Yeah, there's so um, cute. Yeah, but it was so wholesome and natural and mm. normal. Mm. And I, I know you say you hate the term. I hate the term normal too. But it was yeah. just normal. It, and that there's is no just other so word. Nice. To,
1: it's like how else do I explain? But like he's just so normal. It's the same thing where I feel about love from A to Z. I'm like it's normal. Like I, again, I hate that word, but like. What other word can I say? <laughs> and like it's it's so it's so great to see. Um, and like just I we literally really could talk about this so long. And like the fact that the love interest is Araki as well, I was like, oh my god, I've never <laughs> seen this. And like Amina, who's our main character, is like absolutely like such a hopeless romantic. And like but he is
0: fine as hell though. He is. <laughs> he is fine and, like, as hell.
1: She would have like all these like dramatic scenes and swoons, and like it'd kind of be like um like not in like the it kind of just be like in her head, but the way they would show it, and it's just like it's so
0: cool to also what i thought was good spoilers major spoiler mm. alert how he started to fall in love with her i really like that too cause, i know like, this, I'm so ready it. his oldest sister had said that like he was more into like very narcissistic sort of and it was like a it was a mention of like white types you know what i mean very westerner sort of types so the fact that like he realized how great she was mm. and fell for someone who was always real with him and like Hmm. Real quote-unquote real But someone it, just, it was just good It was yeah. it a beautiful Simple love story It wasn't quite The girl takes off her glasses And shakes her hair out And then he falls in love with her But mm. it was like close Which is like Nice to see that In like an ethnic setting
1: <laughs> Yeah Yeah I mean I think it's when She just like realized When they were kind of Like again spoilers When they were just basically Going to be like friends That's why I'm so ready For season two Because I'm like It's there It's coming there Like I think we definitely Get to a point where Like he definitely does like her But I think like we need to have the arc. And I'm just like, please, yeah. season two. That's why please watch it so we can get that arc. And with that, we'll take a break.
0: I guess after all these conversations about good rep. And I guess we've already touched on it already, but like bad rep is also we all know about it. That's the problem. Like everyone already has examples and knows about it when you're a bipolar person. It's just even like um women just in general as well, also mm-hmm. know of what it's like to be represented so poorly. I wrote a whole essay on this. It's the it's a whole thing. Um I already touched on my what I think some of the like the worst rep is with that duality of slavery and war movies. I am just so sick of all the movies about black people having to do with drugs having to do with gang violence. And it's like, yes, yes, that is the existence of a lot of people. But also, I have never seen a real life gun. That doesn't connect to me. M- much like other Black people, actually, that's a lie. I've never actually, like, it's never been like, ooh, someone threw a gun in my hand because he was gonna run from the feds. And I was like, what do I do with this? My prints are, I've never had this little life, you know? And a lot of Black people haven't had that life either. we lived in pretty middle-class homes. Like, we're not out here, you know, selling rocks on the street corner. We don't, like, we're just almost as bad as the white people who sing about Jay-Z, they say, you know, sing Jay-Z or Kanye West lyrics, because we haven't done any of the stuff ourselves. <laughs> so I just kind of feel like the bad rep sometimes a bit, like, with even though it's good sometimes to show the complexity of people's situations, it sometimes overdoes it and paints that very flat narrative. So I like to see differences. Oh, good representation, but... You know, mm. it's a movie that sort of moves back and forth. There's a movie, it's not called Corkscrew. I thought it was called Corkscrew. Corkscrew is a horror movie, apparently. But it's a movie about a Black guy who his whole, the the conflict of the movie is that he wants to become a sommelier, which is like a wine tasting person.
1: Mm.
0: And I was like, <laughs> I, I've i never seen a Black person in these type of movies as isn't, isn't like, I just don't want to be in a gang no more.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah just, she just like she, has a job, a dream.
0: Yeah, like a very normal, weirdest dream. Yeah. <laughs> Uh I mean, that was nice to see that one. Mm. Oh, I just saw something on our little thing. The mm. white savior trip. I mentioned it briefly. The white woman who comes to teach Shakespeare. Mm. Don't be doing that. I'm just gonna say that now. I'm not even going to it. Just don't be doing that. Yeah. I, how, can how can you, she- one white lady, come and fix the entirety of socioeconomic issues that cause the things that are causing that community just because you you be- you believe.
1: Believe in the kids. I'm the only one to give them faith. <laughs> Shakespeare. As if was all the so- black teachers
0: at the school are like, oh no, we don't believe in them. They're not believed <laughs> Their parents like Nah we don't like them either They don't believe But you white lady With your pearls You believe mm. Anyway
1: It's like enough said You don't even have to Like go in depth Like if you don't know What the white savior is just, just search it up Like it's It's a trope Across so many things And it's terrible uh, I'm the same thing I'm like I feel like with Muslim rep Or like by extension Arab rep Though I will say Actually I feel like I haven't said this explicitly the, I feel like <laughs> I've talked A lot more about Muslim rep And like um, both like Love from A to Z None of them They're not Arab And none, both of the main characters And also in We do have some more Arab characters In um, We Are Lady Parts Which is basically Kind of like the first ones That I have seen um, Which is like Because I The reason why I've sort of I guess more Talked about Muslim representations Because there's basically No Arab representation Except Aladdin Or like Aladdin-esque Or like a vaguely Middle Eastern So-called A terrorist Like there is basically nothing I mean, you have the occasion Like Rami Which I haven't seen Because I'm like Questionable rep In terms of like I think I've heard some stuff About the way they portray women And like I'm not here for like Non-complex portrayals Of Muslim women Or Arab women Written by males Like I know I'm not here for it So I don't really want to watch it um but yeah like that's how I've sort of more focused on Muslim rep because we just non-existed um and I feel like everyone already knows that the awful rep was just a world terrorist like I mean (laughs) do I need to say anything else like America's being attacked the terrorists have seized the capital blah blah I mean there is uh,
0: there is a new trope coming through of the rich kids from Dubai
1: Oh like my god. The Saudi <laughs>
0: Prince. The Saudi Prince vibe. Like I, I also hate that,
1: like that as well. Like I don't even want to talk about the Gulf countries. And I will like all I will say is like if you want to read up more go read more about it but like they're very much western puppets and i hate the way that they're portrayed or like in like sort of like the western imagination of like oh like it's very much exoticized and it's like you don't know anything about one their migrant populations the fact that they are western allies the fact and all to um dictatorships essentially and they never help the rest of the uh, middle east i could talk about them for ages but that's also so gross i hate sort of like it's just like they have like Western cities, but it's in the desert. So it's like uh so, it's never
0: women, it's always the Saudi prince.
1: Mm. They're obs- never Saudi princes. Americans are obsessed with monarchies. Mm. <laughs> I guess it's like they don't have their own monarchies, so they like Yeah, they oh, left their smart.
0: own. It's like when you miss it, your ex. <laughs> that's what Americans are. It's like, doing.
1: please, no, no. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, and so that's of course um a very common one. I uh, and another the common one that I've talked about is the oppressed hijabi. You know, the white body looks mm-hmm. at her and she's just like a ah, like. You know, the way see and- me beyond my hijab,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're a terrorist, even though everybody else does. The only terror you're causing is in my heart, dead,
1: dead, literally. Dead. <laughs> And you know what's also been so awful is I've actually read a book written by a Muslim author. I won't say what it is, but written by a Muslim author who essentially played into this trope. And I was it like, sells.
0: your girl oh. was chasing the it, bag. And
1: it, was, it was such a whitewash story as I was like, I like the level, the disappointment I feel. Like I was like, are you like it was it was so awful. It was like all this, all this main character needs. She's facing like she, this was written like um, it's like set in like um just after 9-11. Like this character is written. Going through such awful racism And it's written so well The racism and everything she's feeling And this white boy is like He just She just Literally the way I feel like the story is like She just needed one white boy To like not be a racist to her And then she's like You know what Maybe the world isn't all bad And I'm like No Your anger at the world is valid And the way it turned into like him also experiencing racism by being like connected with her and like kind of like I love how stuff.
0: it took one white boy to be like it the did.
1: world is actually
0: no but then the other way around people like I've seen 18 million wonderful Arabs but that one terrorist though I can't
1: trust them honestly oh my God. <laughs> the way it doesn't work back yeah the other way around yeah exactly I mean like we could talk about this like for so long because like yeah everyone knows this that's why I'm like I don't want to rehash all of it, um, because you very much like know like all the issues with it. Or the fact that, you know, they'll always take off the hijab. And like, this is also really frustrating because it's like, I hate that like, the hijab is Because it's such a visible aspect It's like People think Oh if you take off your hijab You're no longer Muslim I'm like no Like there are many people Who take it off and on For various reasons Safety or their own Personal relationship With God at that time And the hijab at that time And it's like wh- Because it's such Seen as like the only thing So like when you know The YY looks when She takes off the hijab It's like suddenly She's not Muslim And it's like li- like Maybe she actually is Like <laughs> in real life There is no nuance Behind these stories at all And they just re- re- You know Repeat the same Narratives that, like, if we're terrorists or we're oppressed, like, that's why it's fine to kill us all. Like, dehumanize I mean, us. Dehumanization. I even, even do those
0: interracial relationships so much misjustice because it's not as if, like, if she did take up a hijab blah, they fall in love and they have kids. It's not going to be like, oh, no, like, we're just going to assume we no longer have any Muslim culture in you whatsoever. Like, it's going to be hard to, like, what names do you pick for your children? Yeah. Because you're not going to the hijab. Yeah, you know, how do we deal with the religion aspect of it? Are your parents going to be okay with this? Like, they never talk about that. And, like, being in an interracial relationship myself, I'm not Muslim at all. But, like, the way interracial relationships are always, like, particularly between Black and white people are always put on TV. Hmm. That's not what we go through. God, no. You know? It's never him having to stand up to, like, I don't know, some sort of white supremacist being, like, (laughs) I don't believe in the Ku Klux Klan. I'm like, oh, my God, my savior. That's never (laughs) it. It's just so much more, like, quiet and we're just, like, Um, So African names for the babies are no (laughs) Like that's That's sort of conversations you have That's what you have to deal with I feel like it just does that Like there's nothing wrong With having an interracial relationship But also like They paint it so bad Mm. And make everyone feel like It would be kind of gross And shitty to be in one Mm.
1: Mm. Yeah I mean exactly There's so much more to it And like I think that's kind of like Fundamentally to like All the representation It's like There lacks nuances It's dehumanizing There's so much more complexity to it And yet they still repeat The same narratives over again or we get, um, basically, yeah, the, I'm just like the same narratives over again or the single narrative over and over again, if you will. It's not even like multiple narratives. It's often like one narrative that has all these horrible things in it. So yeah, we that's basically bad rep. We won't even go through examples because I'm like, I feel like you can all think of examples at the top of your head. So next up, we'll go to the BIPOC blueprint.
0: I think we've already mentioned this already, but... um. Yeah, look, media like TV, media, movies, media are—it's a bit of an issue. It's a bit hit and miss. But there are other ways to find your peoples, and that for me that was social media. I don't use Instagram, but apparently Instagram is pretty cool. Um, Facebook, TikTok—the algorithm isn't great, but sometimes you can hit that sweet spot and find like a, a goldmine of um, creators who are just out here doing their best and just showing their experiences because they can. No one's stopping them. It's a free for all. It's social mm. media. But yeah, I mean, even with media, you can still find and media again, like movies and TV shows. Maybe even just looking at a, at a different language that might also help. I love watching French movies, Norwegian movies, Danish movies. Now I'm watching Squid Game, which is in Korea, and I think everyone's mm-hmm. watching Squid Game. There's apparently a show from South Africa, Blood and Water. That's in English, but it's basically a whole black cast, mm-hmm. and apparently it's really, really good.
1: Mm-hmm. Just
0: try it. new things. Don't sit in the same sort of shows. American sitcoms are not the only type of TV that exists watch other things. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do that work for yourself and you will actually be really interested and really surprised about the things that you find.
1: Mm-hmm. I think like as BIPOC, BIPOC people, it's like obviously the way like Hollywood is massive and that's why like this is not to undermine what, we have all, what we've said the whole time, which is the fact that like Hollywood is still so important for um, the larger structures and ramifications of what media does. However, like as a BIPOC person, like yeah, absolutely go beyond um the west and seek media from different countries and you'll be surprised what you can find and i think like it's really one you mean it's not just yourself right like it's not just representation for you but also representation for other people and just like seeing different um people just living their lives just read their subtitles it's really not that hard and so i think i would really yeah i would push for for me i would be like if you actually want to see like some great media like especially for arab like watch arab sub operas like (laughs) they are still going to be hands down the best type of um Media out there Than the West Like maybe one day We'll get to the West Being some better But like it's not Going to happen Within now Like we'll have some Pockets of like Better representation And that sort of thing And it's obviously Still important that We continue to have That discourse And I think that Really discourse Has exploded But for definitely Like if you really Are sick and tired Of like the representation Seek beyond And outside Of the West Dun dun That's always my My go-to Which leads us to The Nice White Accreditation
0: This is also very simple. This is every single time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, actually, you know what? Let's give him a pause. If you say the right answer Mm. in this period that we're giving you, you've passed. You passed level one. Okay. The right answer is. If you didn't say listen to BIPOC, you did not pass, and you need yeah. to continue listening. What's wrong with you, Jesus Christ?
1: This is what yeah, we is say
0: literally every, every single, single week, <laughs> or what week? Five months. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, no. Every episode we say the same thing. Just like listen to Bible, people. Having having a more diverse friendship group makes you more likely to find more diverse things mm. because you'll just be chatting about things that you're reading or TV shows that you're watching, or music that you're listening to, and by osmosis, essentially you start to have a bit more of a culturally diverse life in every way, shape, or form, you know? Like, you remember in primary school where you'd be like, oh, can I try some of your lunch? Imagine if the person sitting next to you didn't have a ham sandwich like everybody else. <laughs> uh, you might've learned something.
1: <laughs> you might've learned something, you know? Uh. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's also, like, listen to BIPOC in terms of, like, when they criticize. Like, obviously listen to them in terms of, like, yeah, when they criticize... Um, media that is has Like really bad Representation media That you might have loved Like it, again It's not your baby Like I feel like In the academia episode We talked about It's not that deep <laughs> Like it's not your I baby why people I thought it was
0: fine It's like Nobody asked you exactly. you not even
1: in the no. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly Of course you think it's fine Like that's fine For you But recognize other people And listen to it And be like Oh like why did you think It was fine Like unpack that um, But then also Like when people say Like they really love A TV show or something Or they really love a movie Or something that's really Like close to them And they they like talk to you about it. You know, they actually share that with you. Be happy for them and be like, this is so so exciting that you were able to find that um, because it's story time. <laughs> basically, back in like, I think it was like 2015, 2016, back in sort of early high school for me, um, there was a show on Australian TV called Meet the Habibs. And it was hilarious. It was basically about a Lebanese family that won a lottery and then moved to like a really rich white, I think it was in Sydney, maybe like the North Shore, really fancy. And it was just like, it was gold. Like it was just so... It was just like really funny humor and like something like my family would watch, which is like a big thing because like my dad, for example, is not a fiction person at all. He barely watches like, I mean, particularly English shows. If he's going to watch anything, it's going to be like out of comedy and stuff. Um, But like the whole family would watch it and it was just like really enjoyable. And so we were talking about it. I remember this one time. I distinctly remember this. Um we were my mum was picking us up, me and my brother from school, because like as I said, like in high school. And uh, we were they were like the, you know, the mums are talking and like my brother's playing and this white lady kind of like an acquaintance, if you will. Um, we're telling her about the show we're like my mom and I like oh it's like a really good show and stuff and then the white lady is like I just didn't really think there was anything new to it I feel like in like the 60s or the 70s there was a show about Greek about a Greek family and it just kind of gave me the similar I mean the word vibe was not popular back then but basically the similar vibe and my mom and I were just like we were like we we like it was just like so it was just like so much like even now I'm like I cannot believe she said that it's like I'm sorry, Greeks, Lebanese, you really said like all quote unquote ethnic people, ethnic humor is the same. And then literally- You don't sound like me,
0: you're the same person.
1: (laughs) (laughs) just, and like, and then when we came home, we were like, I kind of believe she said this. Like, it was just so ridiculous. We were just like almost gobsmacked when she said it. We couldn't say anything back to her. And then afterwards we were like, that was really messed up. Why, Why, like, hello, like, it's two different things. Like, it's also like, are you so unaware of like what it means to see out of representation? Like, are you that, like living under a rock as they say? So, yeah, don't, don't be like that lady
0: Do not be but like that But also her. the fact that she was like, yeah, in the 70s It is exactly. now 2016 It's like the 70s, ago mm. Once every <laughs> hundred years Are you allowed to have something that is not me, okay? And you've hit your quota
1: you surpassed your quota <laughs> She's like, that's it Greek. She's like, same, all the same All people who arrived... Who are not um, (laughs) Literally I cannot even go Like just basically Anyone who's like Not white She's like Oh same thing I mean even like I would say Greek people are like Sort of quote unquote Ethnic white if you will But just like the way She's just like Anyone who's like Not British white They
0: don't sound Quote unquote right That's the only reason The thing is if if, When Greek people End up growing up In Australia And they lived in your Rich ass Sydney neighborhoods They just have thick eyebrows That's the only way You can tell that they're Greek Hmm. That's like they don't Maybe they don't burn like you Rebecca Hmm. from Scotland Like
1: yeah. Like not anymore exactly, exactly. And like and it's like and it's also like well at that time during the 60s and the 70s it would have been really incredible to see like a Greek show because of like obviously the fact that they were like refugees coming from World War II War, World, War, World, War, World War II and um they were facing their own discrimination at that time for not being accepted as white as they are like now is different. And yeah. And just the way she's like, same, same, same. So yeah, do not be like her. And again, I would say similar to the BIPOC blueprint as well, actually take the effort to like seek out varied media and research. It's also really not that hard either. (laughs) Again, like, you know, also seek out media in different countries, consume different media um, that people say like is really good, like, I think a representation like there is we almost have like a gluttony of like content of the world that we're living in. So there's definitely so much that you can seek out and also like continue to listen to like discourse when people say that X, Y, Z is like frustrating representation or same representation over again. Don't sort of dismiss it as like, oh, like everyone's going to find a problem with something like you can sit with the fact that something you love also has issues. Like I think we can't we have evolved to sit with this complexity.
0: I think also like sometimes why people go, oh, you know. I'm not at that level yet. I don't understand what's happening. First and foremost, watch the thing first before you start <laughs> making those assumptions. It could be very in your wheelhouse. You're not stupid. Second of all, um, there are also white shows, even from the 70s. So there's a show, there's a movie that my boyfriend's family loves to watch called The Castle. They watch it every Christmas. And I was kind of worried. I was like, this is going to be a, <laughs> like a 70s Australian movie. Oh, no. We're going to see some things. <laughs> it was actually very good. Like they what? even touched on indigenous land rights. So basically, mm-hmm. the premise is, and I'm not going to even say spoilers, this movie is from the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so basically, this guy loves his house, low socioeconomic, but loves his life, loves his family, doesn't really need much, just sort of lives his sort of quirky Australian life. And then this big company is like, we want to buy your house to build an airport. Mm. Um, and then eventually they try to like kick him off his land, and he's like, "No, this is not fair. I lived here. My grandpa, my you know, my my father lived here. My great grandfather lived here. Like, I'm not moving. I love my home. I want to stay here. I don't care if it's next to the airport, you know." And he, so they're trying to like k- uh, kick off the whole street. There's a, actually a Lebanese guy in there as well, mm. and he has one of the funniest lines because one of the he's like, "Oh, so they have like a little town meeting about like, what they're going to do." there's like five of them, quote unquote, town meeting, and he's like, um, "So the the main character guy's like, hey so like, what did you tell them when they came to your house?'" And he said, oh, I told them I had a bomb. He's like, why would you tell them you have a bomb? He's like, well, because they're racist. And they assumed I did have a bomb. And he's like, well, do you have a bomb? He's like, obviously, no, I don't have a bomb. <laughs> I just used uh, the idea. Like, that's gross. And I'm like, yeah. in the 70s, they were mm. that aware. Mm. That's not out of your wheelhouse. It's is like real Australiana, like heavy Australian accents, you know, slang I didn't even recognize. So I was like, yeah, am yeah, okay. And there was like a bit where he was talking about like, this must be how the indigenous people feel to live on your land this whole time and have it taken from you by somebody else. And I
1: was like, see? And that's actually a pretty impressive film because I'm glad they actually brought up because as you were saying this, I'm like, yeah, literally, literally colonization. Um, but it's actually like I'm glad that like Drew actually explicitly drew that comparison because like I can imagine like shows would just be like just have like their own drama around it and like not realize it. Uh, and and it, stuff, because he but. wasn't
0: like the smartest person, it was way more relatable, I feel like. It wasn't like some sort of academic blah, blah, blah. It was just very much like a dude being like, they're taking my home. This is why I grew up. This is my life. Wow. I just really said that out loud. Wow. Mm. This is must be real mad. <laughs> he
1: really had that you know, moment like of moment, Yeah, of like recognition. That's a, that is impressive. But, you know, kudos to, shout out to Castle. <laughs> Go watch that. <laughs>
0: Uh, yes also really good um, gender relationships like a heteronormative relationship was. it's the 70s but he's so good to his wife it's it's actually such a good movie in how wholesome it is in like and still kind of okay for nowadays rare for the 70s but still (laughs) and I guess on that note it's time to go
1: and that wraps up our conversation for today thanks again for listening
0: feel free to recommend us on Spotify or give us a bit of a five-star thing you can do it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and it helps our podcast out a lot if you do that maybe even leave a comment about what you like please don't leave me comments mm-hmm. it's not nice it'll please make send. us cry please don't please anyway <laughs> with that with that
1: inshallah